In my last conversation with past guests in front of the show, Ivor McQuillan, we spoke a good bit directly and indirectly about voluntary stress, about the idea of of putting yourself out there, whether it's into a cold shower or a cold lake or a run when you don't fucking want to run or to say that thing to that person that you wanted to say but, you know, felt awkward or embarrassed about it or thought they might get awkward or embarrassed about it or offended. And we mentioned it in half a dozen different ways, but the general gist of it was that like the, the take-home, the sentiment, is that if you voluntarily bring stress into your life intentionally, I don't mean, you know, you go around your life being a dickhead to people and that get, brings a lot of fucking stress back on yourself. I don't mean that. I mean if you actually purposefully, intentionally and willfully put yourself into a position whereby you're uncomfortable, that there is a benefit to that. And it's essentially exposure therapy. So my understanding of exposure therapy in, in, in psychology or psychotherapy is if you've got somebody that's sk- scared shitless of spiders, what you'll do is you'll get a photograph of a spider and you'll pin it up on a wall that's 20 feet away from them. And you ask the person, can they look at it? And they look at it and go, oh, Jesus, oh, fucking hell. Depending on how, you know, grossed out they are by spiders. But the idea is that you put it up and then as soon as they see it, you take it down. And then you go, okay, what was that like? A bit shit, you didn't like the look of that. Right, you looked at it for a second. Do you think you could look at it from across the room for two seconds? Okay, big deep breath, here we go. I put it up again. You looking? Oh, God. Can you look at it for five seconds? Can you look at it for ten seconds? Okay, now take ten steps closer. Can you look at it for a second again? And another two seconds. And the idea is that you, you gradually up the duration and you reduce the distance to the point whereby you've got them standing six inches away from the wall and they can stare at the picture of the spider for fucking five or ten minutes or as long as they want because they've just become accustomed to it. And it's not bothering them anymore. Now, it's a far cry from actually, you know, an actual spider. But, of course, you up it then so you get a a scarier-looking spider and you do the whole thing again. You start off across the room and you get them to go a bit closer to look at it a bit longer and you up it and you up it and you up it and you up it. The idea being that you get a small, harmless little spider in a glass box and you say, there's a spider in that glass, glass box over there at the end of the room. Or maybe you say, there's a spider in a glass box in the room next door. Would you be willing to look in the door at? And then the idea is, would you be able to open the door and have a look? And then would you be able to open the door and walk into the room where you know there's a spider in a glass box? And then bit by bit, you get the person to walk over to the spider's box so that they can stand there and actually observe the spider. And what you're doing is you're building up the person's tolerance or resistance to the thing that's scaring them. And you can replace spider with speaking in public or wearing a short skirt or taking your top off in public or anything absolutely anything just make it up it doesn't matter whatever it is for you exposure therapy is a great way of of overcoming whatever it is that you're fearful of because it makes you braver you could say right well spiders are known to hide out in these type of environments so inv- so avoid these type of environments and you'll you know you'll never you'll never have to worry about spiders but but that weakens you as opposed to strengthens you so that's the idea of exposure therapy now 
as you can imagine, there's quite a deal of exposure therapy in what I do with the podcast. And in no small part, yesterday's episode being an example. The bit where I did the rap and then the bit where I hit those high notes. Now, hitting the high notes is different because I'm actually quite an accomplished tenor. And I can bang out those high notes like nobody else. I'm, I'm just I'm an, I'm an incredible singer. So that bit's easy to me. Lol. But the, the rap part, like that's that's putting a lot more of myself out there than would be the norm. And I've said before, and I'll say it again, like, I don't give a fuck. But not giving a fuck is, like most things, it's relative. Relative to what? Relative to what other people care and what other people think. Like most people wouldn't upload a monologue of theirs in a million fucking lifetimes. Never mind upload a rap or them fucking singing or fucking anything of the sort. Not in a million lifetimes. And in comparison to that person, I don't give a fuck. But it wasn't easy me uploading that yesterday. And it's taken it's taken a long time for me to be able to actually to do that. And what I've been doing is I haven't been looking at a photo of a spider across the room. I've been just uploading. Record, upload, walk on. Record, upload, walk on. Repeat. And I've become better at speaking extemporaneously. I'm becoming better at not having a little mini panic attack every time that I stop talking. So I can I can live with a little bit of a silence. Even that would have driven me fucking demented a year ago. Absolutely fucking demented. I think it's called dead air. In radio terminology, it's called dead air. It's it's the it's a cardinal sin in radio world. You have to keep something, you have to have something there constantly. 24 fucking 7. Every second of every minute there has to be something to come across the airwaves. Because there isn't, it's called dead air. People at home are going, what the fuck is wrong with this station? Oh, I'll, I'll change it for a second and I'll come back to it. Yeah, good luck with that one. You change it to something else, there's a new fucking, there's a song on it you like. You start listening to that, you've forgotten you've changed stations. And little do you know that the loyalty that you've just given one particular station for the last 10 years has actually just vanished. Because you turn the dial and so long as the new station doesn't give you any dead air, odds are you're just going to not change it and stay there. Now... I don't really feel like I'm competing with other radio stations. Of of course I am competing. I mean, I'm competing with every other podcast that's in the world. Because if you're not listening to me, you have the choice to listen to anybody else. So it's it's weird in a way because I've I've been quite unimpressed with my own numbers, my own kind of uh, downloads or hits or plays or whatever way you want to phrase it. There's a couple of different ways of looking at it. But... For the amount of work and effort and time that I've put into it, I'm not overly impressed with the numbers that it's doing. It is improving all the time, but I mean, you know, by a fucking couple of plays a month. And I pump out a hell of a lot of fucking material. But then again, I'm not in it for the fucking downloads. But then again, I kind of am in it for the downloads. But then again, if I started getting hundreds of thousands of downloads, would I fucking need that kind of stress in my life? It's a weird one, but you don't know these things until you fucking do them. And like I could have, I could have read a load of books on podcasting and how to grow an audience and how to be a public figure and and all these different things. 
But fuck that noise. That's what something I outlined yesterday. You'd know it, but you wouldn't get it. I mean, the, the WhatsApp number is a perfect example. 89 Like, how do you rate whether or not that's been a success? Like, I could probably name 20 people who know that number off. Half of those 20 people aren't going to know their fucking missus's number off. Like, it's, it's mad to think that in your head, if you're a regular listener, in your head, you have X amount of mobile numbers learned off. Depending on what age you are, I suppose. Like, if you're my age and older, you probably have half a dozen. But if you're any younger than me, so if you're, let's say if you're 30 or less, you probably don't know anybody's mobile number. You, you might be sure your fucking own mobile number. Because we don't have to learn these things anymore. Everything's just auto-populated and it's easy. But if you listen to me, odds are you know mine. 89 888. But is getting people to learn off your mobile number, is that how you would deem paying for it as a success? Because it's not free. So people learning it off and being able to repeat it is great. But I mean, was that the goal? No, the goal was to fucking drive a bit more feedback. The goal was to the goal was an attempt by me to have somebody hit the ball back to me because I've hit that ball over 150 times this year, and it's been bounced back to me via that WhatsApp number three times. So three people who wouldn't have had my original number, like half a dozen different people, have texted me, or a dozen people have texted me on that number, but I would have had their number already, so they didn't really need it. But three people have contacted me that otherwise wouldn't have had my number over the course of the last, you know, four months and a hundred episodes. Like, that to me is a fucking failure. That to me, but you see, it's, it's funny because it's a framing thing. Like, like anything else, it's how you frame it. Failure in what sense? Well, I wanted to do it because I had previously not been giving people my email address and I was getting no feedback on the email. Practically no feedback. Relatively no feedback. And I thought to myself... And to, I mentioned that this, the past guest and Des, past guest and Des of the show, past guest and friend of the show, Des Seepersad, I said I was getting rid of the, the I was retiring the um, I'm off the lead at gmail.com in lieu of a WhatsApp number. And he said, ah, yeah, fucking great idea. You have to go to where everybody is and everybody's on WhatsApp. That's what Des said. And I couldn't agree with him more. But, alas, 100 plus episodes over the last, you know, four or five months and uh, three texts from people that otherwise wouldn't have had my number so that's a that's an out and out failure if what i was looking to do was to drive feedback i haven't driven any feedback or relatively no feedback so it's been a failure but i wouldn't have known that until i did it so in that sense is a success and that's there's there's something analogous here to life if you can reframe your failures to be successes without making a fucking eagle of yourself. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, my, my, my wife left me and she took the kids. That's terrible. But if I reframe it, now I'm single. Now I can go to the palace on a Saturday night. Now, you don't have to be fucking stupid about it. And you have to be careful not to be kind of conning yourself. Because you don't want to be failing and failing and failing and failing 
but justifying it in your own mind as it's some sort of an achievement when it's not really. So you, you do have to be careful, like most things. The other side of it then, for me at least, is I'd like to think at least that there's a, a creative bent to what I do here. Outside of the the raps and the fucking other few bits and pieces I've done over the years. But just on a daily day, on daily day, on a day-to-day basis. Like speaking the way that I do, there's an undeniable creative element to it. I mean, it's not as if I'm reading from a fucking script. Nothing could be further from the truth. Like at best, and I mean at best... I might have, you know, three or four bullet points for a 20, 30 minute fucking monologue. So it's very much on the fly. But again, it's it's never it's never something that I haven't thought about before, because what I what I speak. What I say. Is always in the back of what I've been thinking. But as I've said recently, you never know what your thoughts that your what did I say? Your thoughts are like farts. You never know what you never know what they're going to sound like until they come out. And I've shocked myself a couple of times on the podcast. I kind of went, "Fuck!" Didn't know that was in me, or didn't like even in the was it the last one, or the one before? I think it was the last yeah, the last episode of season five. Intellectual octagon, I think it was called. Like that idea, I haven't. I've, I've thought about it a bit since, but I haven't really put pen to paper. That's something I want to put pen to paper on. Like, what would the rules be? Would it just be a debate? I don't think it'd be a debate. Because I, I've uh, I've gone down the debating rabbit hole. And by that I mean I've watched endless amount of debates online. So debating isn't, isn't what I'm looking for. What I'm, what I'm looking for is something different. Because with a debate, each person is trying to win. And although that there's a... Although there's an inherent benefit there of having that competitiveness in it, like you want people to win, but again, it's it's down to framing. So how do you frame a win? Like to me, being involved in a debate with somebody and me being deemed to have won that debate, like yeah, yeah, I might have won, but that's not a win to me. A win to me would be I put forward my case, they put forward their case. We have a bit of a back and forth. And I go, fuck, never thought of it like that before. That's a win. Whether it bolsters my own point or demolishes it. Preferably if it demolishes it. Because if I have any, if I have any thoughts or ideas that aren't solid, I want them obliterated. Like when, I, when I look for feedback from people... I'm not looking for you... To, I'm not asking for you to tell me how fucking great you think it was. Oh, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Like, what I'm looking for is... Again, it's, it's someone... To use that, that metaphor, it's, it's somebody to hit the ball back to me. Because when you're practising tennis, let's say... Like, you can practise it against a friend of yours, say. But if you throw up the ball and hit a serve, and they don't hit the ball back to you, and they go, ah... That was great. I really enjoyed that serve. Like, of what value is it to me? There's no progression there. There's no advancement. So I suppose what, what I'm what I'm striving to get to here is, and again, I didn't know I was going to get to this place when I sat down to record. Yesterday's episode went up late. This episode is going up late. 
my first delivery went out yesterday, so I'm back working. That's piled on a lot of pressure in comparison to what I'm used to. And what I'm used to is the last year of not having to work. I've had all fucking day, every day to be thinking about podcasts and I haven't had a whole pile of other distractions. But looking forward, I've every intention of kind of keeping this going. But I may as well retire the number for all the benefits given me. I maybe pair it back down to, uh, I don't know, once a week, twice a week. Because although it has its benefits, it obviously has its drawbacks. And I suppose what's been keeping me going so long is my constant reaffirming my own opinion which is if you just keep going the feedback will increase if you just keep going it'll be more worthwhile than it's felt if you just keep going you'll get better at it and all that jazz but I'll be honest with you it's getting a bit demoralising Um And I've said before, I don't ever want this podcast to be me coming on and fucking moaning about something or complaining about something. But I suppose I'm just being fucking honest with myself out loud. I mean, at what point is is enough enough? At what point do you have to just go, do you know what? It's been fucking great. But your time could be better spent elsewhere. So put it this way, if it was a numbers thing, if if it was only about the numbers, like I'd be far better off just never doing another solo and just uploading a, a conversation once a week. And look, maybe maybe that's the direction this is going because... At current levels of feedback, and when I say current levels of feedback, I mean, you know, the feedback I've gotten in the last year. So, i tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to take a week off. And... Take it from there. I'm going to take this coming week off. I'm going to see how it goes. And... You'll get me on 089 60 47 888. And on that note, I'll chat you soon.